Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen. Here we go. You ready for the word of God? How many believe Tree of Life Church is a happening place? Have you noticed, it's interesting, I was thinking about this during worship. How many enjoyed worship? Wasn't that fun? I love our worship team. I say that all the time, but I do. They pay me to say that actually too, so Cody's caught on. He finally caught on. Paying people to say stuff's good, like I said last week. But I was thinking, you know, it's interesting how Pastor Don did a whole series on building a great life, and then the intro to Joe McGee, who will be here next Sunday, by the way, you don't want to miss that. I'm sure from the short clip that you saw of Joe McGee, because some of you probably never heard of him or never heard him teach. Phenomenal teacher, you're gonna love it. But in that quick intro, I was talking about, you know, you just don't pray for a great marriage, you've gotta build it. Isn't that interesting? And then here we're taking three weeks, talking about goals and going after the life that God has for you, it's the same concept. I wonder if God's trying to say something to us as the family of Tree of Life Church. Do you think like Pastor Don called me up and said, hey, I'm gonna be gone for three weeks. I need you to talk about goals and building a great life. Do you think that we called Joe McGee and said, hey, this is what we need you to do. How many love when God puts that all together? That, see, I'm saying it's to show you that there, when it's a corporate setting and it's a church that truly is following after the heart of God, nothing is of coincidence and just God's building things. I wonder if he's trying to prepare you and I, not just Tree of Life Church for amazing growth and blessings and more souls saved than ever before and more marriages restored and relationships restored, more hearts touched and, and blessed and, and, and things that are kind of in confusion, no longer being in confusion, more bodies healed than ever before, more gifts of the Spirit in operation. I wonder if it's for you, especially as an individual, for what God has for your life. I wonder if God's trying to prepare you for something that's about to take place in your life that you've never had before. I wonder, do you wonder with me? If you didn't, you are now. And, and we've got to see that. So I know you already take it serious, but I'm saying that for you to maybe up your level of seriousness just a little bit more because we're going to finish up today. In fact, watch this clip. This is a recap from part one. And I figured it's been a couple weeks, so I wanted you to kind of get an idea of where, we're gonna, where we were headed and where we're going to finish up. Watch this quick video. Throughout this series, I pray that scales will fall from your eyes, that you're going to begin to have sneak peeks even more deeper into the light that God has for you. He's a master at taking pain and turning it for joy. But see, if you desire friends or connections, this is what we think, that if we pray, it's going to come out of heaven like on a silver platter. There's 13 friends. Step out in faith, start going after what you want and need, and watch this, God provides. Think on this, every deed slash action is a seed, and every day is a harvest. Whatever you're sowing today, you're going to experience sometime in the future. Because let me tell you something, biblically, I have the word of God backing me up on the statement I'm about to make. The life you have right now ain't, ain't. Ain't nothing like you dare to experience. 
How many with me this morning? How many believe that? Amen. So if you would, if you're gonna you know, post anything on social media, make sure you use the hashtag goals because we want people to click on that hashtag goals and see, hopefully, other comments uh, that have been posted and help change lives. How many believe social media, number one, is to help change lives? Boy, I could say so much, but man, we have so little of time. We love all of you and we love you in your social media, amen? You know, it's funny, I, I gotta share this because I'm big brother. I'm not the senior pastor, but I am big brother. I, some, in fact, some of you can't wait till Pastor Don gets back because you've been bleeding the last three weeks and he gonna come back and you're gonna be all healed up and he's just gonna patch you up. See, that's how it works. How many know that way? That's how it works, sincerely. Pastor Don, senior pastor, he's gonna love you. Me, I'm just gonna shoot you. Because <laughs> I'm big brother. But I love you enough to tell you the truth. But some of you, some of the trouble you get into is because your social media. You might want to consider that, you know. I know this isn't New Year stuff and, and consider some, some change of habits, but you might want to shut down your social media for like a week and see what happens. Your joy level might go up. I don't know. I'm just... Anyway, I heard somebody talk about, there was a, a study they did. You don't mind me digressing, do you? I'm going to anyways. But um, it was a study they did on people with social media, how they're, they're addicted to it. Like people wake up in the middle of the night looking what's been posted on Facebook. Pastor Cody, I'm like, is that for real? Surely none of you here. Is that, is that dad for kids? Is that what that is? Or, for, or for, for spouses or something? Surely that's not you. But you know, you, know, you know what a dream is as a pastor and we as pastoral staff for you is you're gonna wake up middle of the night and you're gonna be like, I gotta read a couple more scriptures today. Man, I just, man, I didn't finish that, that devotion this morning. Man, I just... Oh, I gotta have me some more word. Just a thought. Here's another one. There's no social media in heaven. But anyways, here we go. <laughs> Philippians chapter three, verse 15. So let's keep focused on that goal. God's a goal-oriented God. We've been sharing it throughout this series. We're gonna show you a whole lot more scripture to prove that. Those of us who want everything God has for us, if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, one of the things we shared first service, need to share it, obviously this service, is the concept of this teaching and the concept of this particular biblical principle in Philippians and other scriptures. Is God's 100% committed He's 100% committed to you. He's 100% committed to you and the plan that he has already blueprinted and already planned out for you. He's 100% committed. Now here's the dilemma, and this has been my goal throughout, goal throughout this series on goals, is to be stirring you up, encouraging you and challenging you to reassess your true commitment to the Lord, because here's why. According to the scripture, if God's, because God's always 100%, everybody say 100%. How many are glad God's 100% committed to you? 
I'll prove it to you. Jesus and the cross. Death, excruciating death, didn't deserve it. How many know that's 100% committed? And we're 50% committed. How many know that don't work? See, I shared in first service, God who's 100% all in and you're 50% in, God who's 100%, he's a God of respect. He is not gonna start showing you 100% of the plan he has for your life when you've only committed 50%. See, a lot of the times we're discouraged in life and we're wondering why we don't have the joy in life Truly, like especially first song that they sang, amazing song. We wonder why we don't have that because God's waiting for 100% commitment. And it's okay to be found if you at 40%, 50%, in other words, you're not all in. Because every believer, listen to me, even those of us who've been in the Lord a long time, every believer sooner or later finds himself sometimes half-hearted and not completely 100%. But the key is when God knocks on the door of your heart like he is right now and says, hey, I demand of you 100% because I'm 100% committed and I see lately your joy hasn't been to its fullest. So so I'm asking you to give all that you got to me because now I'm going to show you all that I have for you. I don't know why you ain't up out of your seats over that. You know why? Because God's challenging you. God's speaking to you right now. How I many of that's all part of Christianity? Sooner or later, we find ourselves not completely committed. And that is normal, but what's not normal is to not make the adjustments. So let's keep focused on that goal that those of us who want everything God has for us, if you want everything that God has for you, it's gonna take 100% commitment because if any of you have something else in mind, back to the scripture, if any of you have something else in mind, if you're only in mind 50%, which is less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision and you will see it. The first thing that God's gonna do is show you your level of commitment. None of this will work. You'll walk out of here after three weeks of, of, of teaching and you'll, you'll lose your notes or you'll discard your notes. You know what I'm saying? Shoot them into the, into the garbage can, whatever you do with them. But here's the key. If you're not gonna allow God to stir you up when it comes to your commitment, then I failed. Now, whatever you do with that stirring up, that's between you and the Lord. I'm entrusted, you're smart. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're smarter than you look. Go ahead, tell them. You're smarter than you Smarter than you look. <laughs> Thou aren't a fool. That's King James. For don't be dumb. Be what you are, smart. When God knocks on the door of your heart of commitment, yield to it. Because he's preparing you. That's first things first. It's the law of first things first. In life, there's always the law of first things first. I'm amazed how believers will say, I want this over here, and it's like the 20th step. Go to the law of first things first. The first law, first step of this law of God having everything for you is 100% commitment. Now, and look at what he says here. Now that we're on track, let's stay on it. Look at this, think on this, the clearer your goals, back to your notes, the clearer your goals, 
the greater your faith. And believe it or not, that's where we ended last week. Everybody say, we're about to break record. Here we go. We're moving on, blank number two. We already talked about that. Because see, the clearer your goals, the greater your faith. See, you've got to know where you're going in order to use your faith. Your faith, everybody look at me. This is important. Look at me, everybody, everybody, look at me. Your faith isn't just to believe God to pay your bills. And, and I know that when we first start out in our journey, because this is a journey with the Lord, salvation, accepting Christ as your savior, the journey is he's Lord. So accepting Jesus as your savior is the beginning, but that's not the end of the meeting. It's not where it stops, that's where it starts. So when you choose Jesus to be your savior, to forgive you of that mountain of debt of sin in your life that you can never pay back, that you can never take care of, only he can. Once you do that, that's the beginning. Now he's to be Lord of your life. That's the journey. And some never go on the journey because they just have stopped with him being Savior only. But he wants to be Lord. So our faith isn't just to believe God to pay our bills. Because that's usually the beginning of us as a Christian. God's teaching us. And the reason he does that, because this may shock you, God has a whole lot more on his mind than just your bills. Can I be honest? He really doesn't think about them. You know why? He already promised Philippians 4.19. I'll meet, all your ne- I'll meet all your needs according to, this is God, my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Quit worrying about money. See, if you're so enraptured with the journey with the Lord and the plan, the dream, the goals that God has for your life, you won't have time to worry about money. We, we would always teach our kids from the time that they were able to understand, never worry about money. Ryan, Rebecca, never worry about money. Just go on the journey with the Lord and whatever God starts showing you and calling you and telling you to do, step out and do it and money will always be there because God funds what he has planned. And a lot of times we're trying to do our stuff and we're going to see that in scripture in Philippians chapter two in the Amplified it says you need to quit trusting yourself or in other words, distrust yourself, start trusting him. So what God will do in the beginning of your journey is teach you how to believe God for your bills and all that and use your faith for that and then he comes through and then you're like, oh, he is a God of his word and then all God says, okay, we got past that baby step. Now quit worrying about money. I'll take care of you. You'll always have food. You'll always have clothes. You'll always be taken care of. Let start living the dream start living the dream use your faith for the dream I have for you because you're going to take a lot of effort it will and probably that's why some believers never step out on the plan of God and the dream of God for them because yeah we're going to get to that in a minute Romans chapter 1 16 through 17 for I'm not ashamed of the gospel Turn to your neighbor and say, neither am I. Here's why. It's power. It's power. I love Christianity. I love the gospel. I love the word of God. I love Jesus. It's power. What's power mean? It means it gives me the ability to live 
the life that God has me on a journey to live. That means when it gets tough on the journey because it's going to get tough, have you noticed? And not just because the world's corrupt and throws all the junk, the muck and mire and the mess that it's throwing at us because it's corrupt and falling apart like a $2 watch. Just trying to live the journey that God has for you because as you walk out the plan of God for you, you gotta learn how to distrust you and that's the biggest battle that we go through. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, it's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first. And he goes on to say, the just shall live by faith. Back to your notes, remember, doubt is the byproduct of confusion. When you're hearing two different messages. God has a plan, the devil will lie to you. He'll tell you you're not worth it. He'll tell you your life's a mess and is gonna continue to stay a mess. He'll tell you that, oh, every time you step out, look what happens, you get slapped back down. Well, there's reasons for that. The reasons we get slapped back down or the slapping takes us down is because we need to continually be taught the hidden keys of God's word to keep us that any, because the devil gonna slap you, that's just period. He hates God, therefore he hates you because you're the image of God. He doesn't want you, want you living the dream of God because you know why, get this, because built into the dream of God for each and every one of you is a plan to whoop the devil so bad to win more souls for the Lord than ever. And there's no way, like I said last week, you're a brick, I'm a brick, all God's children are bricks in the, in the living temple, the living church of God, not this structure, this isn't the church. You and I are the church. It's alive, it's a living organism. And, and, and as God builds you and builds me, it makes the church stronger. And then we go out and we win the loss like we never have before. So if he can start taking out brick by brick by brick and telling you, hey brick, you just that. Boop, you're a brick, you ain't nothing. Look at you, you ugly scoundrel. You ain't, listen to him up there preaching, you ain't never gonna have that. Oh, look, look what you just did this morning on the way to church. <laughs> Welcome to the club. I need everyone here to help that person out this morning. How many had some stuff going on this morning even on the way to church? Raise your hand, come on. We all did, I know some of you, not me. Just perfect. Just some of the thoughts you were entertaining. Because you find out I was preaching, you're like, oh no. I know it was. It was funny, I was telling, I was telling first service how over the weeks, some have made real glad and happy and some just mad. And they let me know it. But you know what's funny? I've been sleeping real good at night. I just, because that always happens. How many know that? How many have had a moment where God's stirring you up and egging you on and you just, and whatever instrument he's using, and you getting mad? Oh, I know some of you, you never get mad at God, I know. Think on this, since the enemy of our soul is the author of confusion, take confusion very serious. I, have you ever heard yourself or, or found yourself saying, I don't know what to do with my life? Oh, I wonder what the future holds. Oh man, the past. Oh, how I love the past. 
Oh, bring me the past. I need the past. Oh, the good old days. Everybody say good old days. Oh, just the good old. If you find yourself talking about the good old days and really thinking about the past, there's a reason for that. Because you haven't realized and built your faith for your tomorrows. You're in a trap. You really are. Or maybe disillusionment came about life or has come about life if you're in that. Maybe you're bored. If you find, how can Christianity be boring? I don't understand that. But I do understand it in this context. If we're not taught these truths that God has a plan already, you, do you think that as you're journeying with the Lord, the Lord's deciphering, okay, I wonder what Tina's gonna do a year from now. Jesus, get over here, because he's about ready to come in prayer. And what are we gonna have Tino do in a year? Uh, you know what, that's good, let's put that down. The Bible says before the foundation of the world, even before this globe was formed, God knew what Tina was gonna do. Come on! He saw every one of us. So there you are, you're birthed. Mama birthed you. You think God's going, whoa, what do we do? Just the fact of your fingerprints. Do you realize the billions of billions of billions of people that have ever breathed over the history of humanity? Different fingerprints. Come on, man. That's proof that God says, I am so smart that I have a unique plan for every one of you. Get up and live it. Portion here on your notes, goals for your life. Here's what I need you to do. If you don't have notes, I need you to take notes right now. I mean this with sincerity. If you didn't before, the ushers are gonna stand and they're gonna help you. Uh, If you need notes, grab them real quick because you're gonna need to write on something. So if you don't have paper, just go ahead. Nobody's looking. You don't need to be embarrassed. Just raise your hand so they can avail you to some notes because here's what we're gonna do. The worship team's gonna come up and they're gonna tickle the ivories for a little bit and they're gonna give you about four minutes or so for you to write out your goals. Now look at this right here. Everybody look at your notes. You've seen the worship team come on stage before. Just look at your notes. Because y'all are like, Oh, here they come. Look at them walk up. I wonder how he takes his guitar. And you're, do you ever wonder, do you ever, do you ever think if they're ever gonna drop their guitar someday? Did you ever watch them strap themselves and you think, why am I saying that? Focus! <laughs> Spiritual, what are your goals spiritually? Maybe you wanna increase your prayer life. Maybe you wanna increase your understanding of God himself, maybe a certain area of God you're not sure of, whatever it may be. Soul, your soulish area of your life, your mind, your will, or your emotions. Stuff you think is the most important thing that you can conquer, by the way. That's the true battleground, it really is. Stuff you think, if it's contrary to God and his word, you'll never fulfill the plan of God because your thinking has to line up with God. So your mind, your will, which is your deciding factor, every decision you make is called your will and your emotions. Maybe you find yourself emotionally a wreck lately. Well, typically, if you find yourself emotionally a wreck or uncontrollable in your emotions, it's because you're thinking something wrong, because your mind and your will connect. How about your body? Maybe you want to lose a few pounds. 
Maybe you're after some greater health, socially and financially. Go ahead, take a few minutes, write out your goals. little shorter than first service for sake of time, but I'm sure that gave you an idea of what we're talking about. And again, this isn't New Year resolution stuff. We talked about that last week. We discredited that to a degree. This is your life. This is, this is, this is what, listen, everybody look at me. This is what your personal devotional time with the Lord should look like. You should have an ability in your devotional time with the Lord to write, literally. If you're in a habit where it's just, and and this is good to a degree, and please understand my reasoning for this approach, but if your prayer life, your devotional time, personal time with the Lord is just while you're driving in the car, thank God for that. But one of your goals is gonna have to be, you're gonna have to position yourself where you're able to write and you're able to be involved in that type of devotion with the Lord. Whether, you know, I know people have a journal, I journal, but my journaling and my goal orientation, if you will, is synonymous for me. My my journaling isn't just what the Lord's done or what the Lord has said or what I've accomplished, my journaling is what is the Lord saying and doing and what is Ken doing about what the Lord is saying. Does that make sense? Philippians chapter two, so I hope you build this type of habit into your devotions, your personal walk with the Lord, your personal time with him. Philippians chapter two, back to your notes. Look at 
Verse 12 in the Amplified, therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed my suggestion, so now not only with the enthusiasm you would show while you're in church, but in my presence much, but in my presence, but much more because I'm absent. In other words, Monday through Friday, when life, the task of life and the task of living is at hand, are you still appropriating these things that we teach here at church? And hopefully, the sign of a good church, by the way, is that what we teach is applicable for Monday through Friday. Well, Monday through Saturday. Gotta include Saturday. Not only with the enthusiasm and show in the presence, but much more because I'm absent. Work out, work out, work out. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to work out. Go ahead, tell them. Now, how many have ever worked out? Is it easy? No. Working out, now look at this. In, in the Amplified or in the actual Greek, it means to cultivate. How many have ever done gardening? Cultivating the soil, the ground, the dirt is not easy. I've never done it without breaking a sweat. So what we're teaching to live the life that God has for your life of goals, in other words, you're literally after your heartfelt, 100% committed after the plan of God, the dream that God has for you is gonna require work. I wonder if that's why many Christians choose not to go on that journey. I wonder if there's believers here this morning, symbolically sitting on the porch, you even brought your leather recliner from the living room out on the porch, and you're sipping your sweet tea, looking at the soil, the area of the garden that's supposed to be, and you're saying, oh, the good old days. Woo, that's a good word. And it's all full of weeds. It's a mess. But you got images of the good old days when it was a nice garden producing fruit. Veggies, that, listen, 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 listen. Vegetables, fruit if you will, that all the neighbors loved to come and pick. Do you see where I'm going with this? So for me to get up off my recliner and cultivate and work out the dream of God, always, always affects others. It's always about others. So when God says, get up off the recliner, give 100%, it's to bless you, but it's to bless others. He says, cultivate, carry out to the what? Say it. No, say a lot of carry out to the? No, say a lot of carry out to the? Huh. What I'm teaching is in the Bible. And look at this, and fully complete. <laughs> Whose phone is that? <laughs> that was awesome. Actually, I thought it was mine for a minute, but I'm like, I don't have a ringtone. And notice what it says, to work out, cultivate, carry out to the goal, finish, 
and fully complete. Your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling, self-distrust with serious, serious caution. So when God chooses whomever, the donkey, to say to you, assess, are you 100% committed? Don't look at it, oh, it's the donkey talking. Take it serious. Don't deceive yourself and think, I'm 100% committed, I know it. I've been reading my Bible every day. You can read your Bible till Jesus comes back, but that doesn't mean you're 100% committed in your heart. You could be, God help me, you could be just as religious in mind and heart with spiritual habits. <sighs> Look at this next one. God, tender of conscience. When the word brought this morning about your commitment and you just kind of got that nudge in your heart, in your spirit, just that little, uh, that's the Holy Spirit saying, I'm talking to you, and I don't want you 50, 60, 70, 80, I'm talking to you to come on, bring it 100%. I know you're committed in some spiritual habits and some biblical habits, but I'm just asking you to let me show you, let me reveal to you, is there a possibility that you're not 100% committed? And it may not be just to Jesus. What about the plan of God for your life? When was the last time you said, God, I've been real good in everything I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. When was the last time you said, God, show me, is there any turns I've missed? Is there anything I need to, st somebody help me. Is there anything I need to start doing now to prepare for what you see me doing five years from now? When was the last time you even asked God about the future? This is a word from the Lord. There's some of you already planning and talking retirement and God is saying to you right now, quit it. No, this is for somebody, this is serious. Some of you are already planning retirement and God's saying that is not on my radar right now. You will someday, but not right now. So God is saying to you, quit talking about retirement and refire, not retire, sorry, cliche, but start praying about what God wants for you to do. That's for somebody this morning. I don't want to know who, amen? Let's go on. Let's go down to truths concerning goals, letter A. Truth number one, your goals have to be as, read those other scriptures by the way, because each uh, that are on your notes, each one of them talk about goals. And the reason I put those there, wish we had time to read them, but the reason I put them there was to show you how how scripturally being a goal-oriented person is exactly that, scriptural. Your goals have to be as a pitcher. Your goals have to be as a pitcher. Do you realize that you and I live in images? I'll give you an example. Men, cleaning up your garage and getting it organized. How come everything in the house ends up in our garage? What's up with that? Even if it's to the point, and how many men just, how many men hate garage sales? Come on, man, come on. 
Jesus, Lord, help us. One man honest. Thank you for your honesty, sir. Do you feel it? Do you feel it? Yeah, I'm with you, brother. But even to the point you're so on task with getting your garage done, do you say to the wife, we're going to have a garage sale? How many know you're serious? But how many know from the time your garage is cluttered to it, the garage floor is painted with the little speckle things, you know what I'm talking about, guys? The walls are painted, all the shelves are up. You got your matching cabinets and tool chests with half the tools we never use, but we gots to have them. Because honey, someday we may. Right, man? If I need that toe, it's there. How does it go from cluttered to accomplished? You saw it. God sees it. Your life cluttered right now, but God sees it. Finished. Let God start showing you it finished and then from cluttered, then the steps to take to get there. That's called goals. You gotta write out the steps. Because your mind is not gonna remember it all, and not only that, you and I aren't that good. But he is. I'll prove it to you. Read from Genesis to Revelation, and especially to now, the moment Adam and Eve messed up bad in the garden, you could see where God began to map out the plan of Christianity and salvation through Jesus, just step by step, and it was written down for you and I to see over the ages of how a mastermind God is, that he had it all figured out. <laughs> Woo. B, truth number two, your goals have to be something you want to experience. Uh, listen, don't take this wrong. I, I'm at a point where I'm tired of just hearing my brother and my sister bless. I, I'm glad for them and I will rejoice with them. I sincerely will. But what I mean by tired is I want to experience that stuff. I don't want to just keep coming to church and hearing about God and breakthroughs and never having one. No wonder people walk away from God. No wonder they turn away from their first love because they just hear about God doing this and God doing that and then Sister Susie over here and Brother Joe over here. I got my blessing and my breakthrough. And then you're like, what about me? I bet if you dig into Sister Susie and Brother, whatever I forget his name was, if you, (laughs) I literally did, that's crazy. I bet God walked into a journey Oh yeah, I bet they shut off some of their social media time and actually opened up their Bible. (sighs) I feel so much better. Remember, you can collect experiences and not have success or significance in life. I want experiences that bring a significance and that goes back to what I said, that garden is for your neighbors to come and taste of the fruit. Think on this, the difference or deciding factor of a story of failure or success is a clear goal, period. Truth number three, your goals generate energy. You see a bubbly, alive believer, I guarantee they're on the journey with Jesus and they're headed somewhere. Oh, they, 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 they've been sweating, they've been working hard. Because when God deals with your carnal side, when God deals with your fleshly side, when God deals with all your stuff and starts asking you to quit doing that stuff and then wants to start teaching you how to not do that stuff, 
That is not easy. But there's a joy about it. Because it's like, hey man, I've been hanging out with the master and he's showing me my stuff. It's pretty ugly. But he got it all under control and he's going to teach me how to walk out from underneath that stuff. Come on. And even while you're still doing this stuff, as long as you're on the journey of learning not how to do this stuff, God smiles and he says, hey, that's okay. I understand there's still more to learn. And you'll find yourself doing it less and less and less. And then one day you'll look back and go, where'd it go? (laughs) I'm sorry. D. Truth number four, your goals decide who belongs in your future and your past. Your goals decide what kind of friends, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. If your friends are 50% committed, I'm showing you right now your future. If you're 50% committed and they 40, you're really in trouble. You can't even break even. Start finding friends who are where you want to be and be bold enough to cut those other friends. Don't you, it ain't you're hating them. It's not that you're no longer, uh, uh, that you're just, you know, disregarding them and that you're disregarding what they've chosen and how they've chosen to live. That's all it is. You're just saying, I choose to live otherwise because God loves them, doesn't he? But he loves you and your friends are a key because it's called the law of influence. Number five or letter E, truth number five, your goals decide the worth of everything around you. That is so true. Your goals decide the worth of everything. When, When you decide to lose weight, your shopping cart looks different. The money you spend in your checkbook will look different. What you decide to do, everything begins to encompass around that and everything begins to fall in place. How many of you decide to lose 10 pounds and you're filling up the shopping cart with Doritos? You're not serious. What's, if it's worth it to you, you be in the produce aisle. But being tempted, to hit the chip aisle. You know what I'm talking about, but you'll be, you'll be like some of us in Walmart or H-E-B, wherever you shop, and, and we're gonna start seeing Tree of Life folk. They're gonna be in the produce aisle because I'm on a quest for health. I'm journeying with Jesus. And, and you're, gonna, you're gonna hear us, Tree of Life folk, in the produce aisle. I rebuke you, devil. We're gonna be saying this out loud. I'm not going to the chip aisle. Show up my head. <laughs> Chip out, I rebuke you. <laughs> it's gonna happen. And you're gonna walk out that person and say, do you go to Tree of Life Church? <laughs> Hashtag goals. <laughs> you're gonna get it on social media. Oh my Lord. F. Come on, we're out of time. Truth number six, your goals determine what instructions you will or will not heed. Oh my gosh, that's so true. 
I've heard people, yeah, I want to lose 10 pounds, and then because you've done it or whoever is talking to them has done it, and they said, oh, yeah, one of the first things I had to do was cut out soda and start drinking more water. And you walk, walk away and say, I ain't cutting out my soda. <laughs> You're not serious. Because how you react to an instruction is the key to your future. Humble yourself in the sun of the Lord. Okay, think on this. All success is decided by an instruction. Go back to all your failures. It was a missed instruction or a non-applied instruction. I guarantee it. Go back and assess failures in your life. You missed an instruction somewhere. God got truth to you and you didn't apply it. Period. Remember, can't change your world until you change how you respond. Care or honor an instruction. Be humble. This takes humility. That's possibly why many possibly won't get off the recliner on the porch and go into the garden because the gardener, according to John 15, wants to start teaching you some stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, can I have a drum roll, please? We're about to finish the notes. And I am just so way past time, but that's okay. Think on this. An ignored instruction inevitably creates tragedy in your life. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.